Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Let's Go There. I'm Shira. And I'm Ryan, and I don't know why we're playing this, but producer Justin has a reason. It's St. Patrick's Day, guys. Yes, it I, is. And none of us are wearing green except for you. Well, I and mean, that's not even real green. It's it's, it's a darker it's green. It's a green. green. That's not green. Does it have to be Irish green? Well, I find it problematic. Yeah, do isn't this a little problematic? We, uh, yeah, the whole I'm look of the Irish thing, I'm, or if they think it's cool. I mean, they can white an Irish day, person right? call us. And let us know. No, You're sick of people, uh, for, you know, partying. That is one of my favorite Disney movies. With the Irish. I mean, we had uh, we had a big party downstairs uh, for our company, and they had all these little props, like, oh, like I'll get the money at the end of the. They gave us or something. And don't forget, they gave us name tags with our 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 leprechaun names, which is so. Mine was like McSmelly or something. And I was I like, didn't get, wait a second. I, I pride myself on not smelling <laughs> They should have given that to me. Yeah. <laughs> what was my leprechaun name? They didn't give one to me. Well, you clearly know. didn't ask for tag. your thing. No, they told me I didn't need one in name tag. Mine was Greeny McTavern. Well, <laughs> That's cute. I don't know. Either way, um, we, yeah, we had our first in-staff meeting, so everyone is here, which means there's no parking spaces because everyone's here, which is annoying to me. Um, but happy to see everyone. What's happening and in the show? And by the way, they always have it when we have our show so we can't even enjoy it. I didn't really want to. I hate staff meetings well, like everyone does. I want the free food and I'm going to get it during the break. No, you're just not. Saying. It's going away. They're serving some beers down there. Yes. I don't I don't like beers. I don't and, like beers. And, and if you can hear, there's a band performing right okay, underneath their feet well, too. Just lots- reminds us every day that he's straight. <laughs> lots coming up on the show. How to protect yourself from all the apps listening to you at home. That's in an hour. Aaron Rupar, by the way, huge fan of him. Big, uh, renowned journalist in 15 minutes joining us to talk about Tucker Carlson coverage of Ukraine, stooping to a new low and what Democrats can do about it. And Kanye versus Instagram. Ryan's got the latest in the T-Report. Yeah, but the most important thing is don't miss your chance to win a pair of Gaga tickets literally today. Stay tuned for a key Gaga song Ooh. and we will give you a clue. And it's literally like, think of your cell phone. What's another word for a cell phone? Got it. I'm not going to say Yeah, it. I was about to. Once you hear that song... Call in. I don't know our number. What's I think number? you need to that actually say the song. That would be 833-777-CALL-Q. That's okay. 833-772-2557. When you hear a phone song yeah. by Gaga. Yeah. A phone song. A okay. A phone yeah, song. If, I mean, you're talking to a gay station. You Everyone should know what that. we're talking about. If you don't... Beyonce's on the song. Oh. Okay. There you go. That's there even go. better. Let's get into some what's training this hour. Employees at the Walt Disney Co. are staging a series of walkouts over the company's lack of action on Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. Walkouts that take place during employees' 15-minute breaks began on Tuesday and will continue through next Monday. Organizers are planning a full-day walkout for next Tuesday at Disney locations in Florida, California, and elsewhere. The organizers are making several demands of the company. They include not just a pause on campaign donations, but an immediate stop to contributions to any of the bill's supporters, including DeSantis. Also seizing investments in Florida until anti-LGBTQ plus legislation is repealed, reaffirming the company's commitment to protecting and advocating for LGBTQ plus workers, contributing to the Trevor Project, Trans Life and other activist groups, and creating an LGBTQ plus brand. Wow, pretty amazing. And I hope Disney does something about this. Now, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has some tough words ahead of President Biden's call with China's President Xi Jinping 
tomorrow. This is an opportunity for President Biden to assess uh, where President Xi stands. Uh, there's been, of course, rhetorical support or the absence of clear rhetoric and, and denunciation or the absence of denunciation by China of what Russia is doing. Uh, this flies in the face, of course, of everything China stands for, including uh, the basic principles of the UN Charter, including the basic principles of respect for sovereignty of nations. And so the fact that China has not denounced what Russia is doing in and in, in of itself speaks volumes. And it also speaks volumes not only in Russia or in Ukraine, but around the world. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Let's talk about Kanye. Oh. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. You heard it loud and clear. Kanye West is literally, I guess he's been banned off of Instagram for the past 24 hours. Mm-hmm. The most relaxing 24 hours I feel like Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson have ever received. Um, because he has basically been breaking Instagram rules when he's been calling out and posting all his nonsense. Um, he was locked out of his Instagram account and won't be able to post, comment, or send messages. A spokesperson for Meta, uh, which is the parent company for Instagram, told TMZ that West's recent posts violated the platform's policies on hate speech, harassment, and bullying, resulting in the 24-hour ban. The most recent instance of West's abusive activity was a racial slur allegedly left on Daily Show host Trevor Noah's IG page, which... Here's the thing. This is getting very... Uh, I mean, no, it's awful, but, like, also, like, the the fact that, like... Uh, the fact that they're just now doing this when he's been doing so much harassment to Kim K and, and Pete Davidson, the fact that this is what it took out of, like, it, this should have happened two months ago is just absolutely bonkers to me. Um, I mean... Well, maybe yeah, the other stuff was a bit more nuanced within the relationship. This is no, over. No, he's been threatening to kill people. What? And, uh, like, I mean, like, this just feels like I'm happy that they finally took care of it, but, like, it's gonna, it's gonna be able to come back. Anyway, that's your T-Report. Um, Gabrielle Union is uh, coming for Disney. She has a lot to say oh. about everything happening with the trans kids, and she said it while at a premiere for her Disney Plus show. We're playing Whoa. the clip. Coming up next, get ready All for right. it. Well, after this, renowned journalist Aaron Rupert next hour. Yes, joins us <laughs> to talk about his coverage of Ukraine, including Tucker Carlson's new low. That's in seven minutes. We all know how problematic Tucker Carlson is, right? And it continues as he talks about the LGBTQ community and the Russia-Ukraine conflict. That the Biden administration was funding secret biolabs in Ukraine, of all places, we would not have believed you. Yeah, I don't think we're going to put that on TV. No, thanks. Then if you told us that not only did the administration fund these secret biolabs in Ukraine, but that they then failed to secure the deadly contents of those labs before the Russian invasion, an invasion they knew was coming, an invasion they helped encourage. If you had told us that four days ago, we would have dismissed you as a nut. Well, if it was bad, you might ask, how can it get worse? Aaron Rupar joins us right now, an independent journalist and author of the Public Notice Newsletter. Thanks for being here. We are big fans. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I mean, what did you think about all this and how it's handled it doesn't seem to be a surprise coming from Carlson, of course. Yeah, well, the stuff with uh, Ukraine, um, you know, he's kind of on a limb even relative to other Fox News hosts with um, trying to find excuses for Putin and kind of excusing some of the brutality that's going on over there. And I will say with some of the transphobia stuff, I mean, that seems to be kind of like the last frontier where that sort of bigotry is still acceptable and Um, That part of it is not really unique to Carlson, because I think you see that across a lot of Fox shows where, um, you know, there's this idea that trans women are biological men and you see a lot of uh, fear mongering about high school sports and things like that. And So that part of the equation, I think, is kind of mainstream Fox content. Mm -hmm. But the Ukraine stuff, I think, you know, kind of stands out because he's actually kind of breaking from the the party line on that. Well, here's what's interesting. And I I think you posed this question in your steps, your Substack uh, article where you said, why does what Carlson have to say is like important, especially when it connects to the Ukraine and Russian conversation right now? I mean, we're seeing him on state TV. He's breaking uh, that barrier where it seems like Russians in their propaganda are using what he has to say. Why is that so important and relevant right now? Well, I mean, the sad fact is he is the most watched uh, cable news host on TV right now. I mean, he averages somewhere 
in the neighborhood of like 3.2 to 3.5 million viewers every night. And, you know, I think especially with Trump being pretty much banished from social media at this point, um, he arguably is the most prominent right wing voice out there these days. And so, um, you know, a lot of the time stuff that you see on Fox kind of sets the agenda for the Republican Party more broadly. It's kind of a direct pipeline. Mm -hmm. I will say, again, with some of the Ukraine stuff, I think what's kind of notable is that Carlson is actually kind of further out there than a lot of the uh, elected Republicans are at this point. But, you know, um, as much as I would like to ignore Tucker Carlson and not watch his show uh, multiple times a week, uh, the fact is that, you know, millions of people are tuning in. And so if you want to understand what the discourse is like on the right, you've got to pay attention to him. Yeah, and it's it's pretty horrifying. Uh, so with that, will this you know, finally be the tipping point for Carlson. Will Republicans come out to call him out around this? I don't think so. Um, you know, again, I think some of the, the transphobia stuff that you see on his show, you know, again, that's that's pretty mainstream Republican politics. And, you know, I do think, again, it's, it's one of the last realms in which that sort of bigotry is still um, kind of socially acceptable or doesn't result in you being ostracized. But, um, you know, with the Ukraine stuff, there are Republicans you know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, kind of that fringe of the party who uh, agree with Carlson that, you know, Putin had some valid reasons to invade Ukraine and that, um, you know, the U.S. in some ways antagonized him, which doesn't really match up with the facts of the matter. But there are Republicans out there who believe that. And I think you know, we've seen over and over again that even when advertisers uh, pull their advertising from Carlson's show, um, it seems like the ratings are so good. Um, that I'm not sure what he could possibly say at this point that would cause him to, um, you know, lose the support of the corporate higher-ups at Fox or have his show pulled from the air. Just That, yeah. that doesn't seem like that's going to happen to me. Well, I think one interesting point that you just made was about kind of like, if you want to find out what the Republican messaging is, it's like you have to kind of find out by watching Fox News and yeah. watching Tucker Carlson. Is that a, a, is something like that, that strategy actually helpful for Democrats when it comes to their own messaging around everything going on politically? I mean, it seems like they've been really trying to find the perfect uh, message to get everyone on board, but it seems like they're having a tough time. And I, I wonder if that's like the disconnect where they're not really finding how to connect all the pieces or even if that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the problem is that there really isn't anything like Fox on the left. Um, you know, probably the closest thing is like MSNBC. Yeah. But MSNBC, you know, as they should, because it's legit journalism, covers Democrats critically. And, you know, it, it, it's a left of center network most of the time. But um, that doesn't mean that they don't criticize Democrats. Um, but, you know, with Fox, it's very much uh, kind of right wing propaganda in the sense that very rarely do they criticize Republicans. Of course, we all remember when Trump was president, how administration officials would, would be on Fox almost every hour of the day. And so there was that kind of aspect of almost like a state TV type thing. But that's a huge structural advantage that Republicans have is that they have this network, which is the most watched cable network in the country that basically functions as a propaganda organ for them. And it's just, you know, for better or worse, it's, it's the case that Democrats don't have anything com comparable to that on the left. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with having analyzed all this and you keep up with it every single day, 24 seven, it seems, what can Democrats do to fight this right now um, and to, you know, get people understanding what is actually happening here? Yeah, you know, I think that um, there are some Democrats who are very effective at using social media to kind of get their message out or going on, you know, MSNBC, CNN, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think that it's just you can only control so much. I mean, I think, you know, Democrats need to keep speaking out when they can using the channels that are available to them to do so. And, you know, there's there's a long uh, conversation going back years and years now about whether uh, it's worth it for Democrats to go on Fox. And, you know, some do and I think do a very good job kind of pushing back on spin and defending their policy standpoint. So, um, you know, if you're feeling brave and you're a Democrat and you get asked to go on Fox, you can do that and try and sort of, yeah. you know, speak truth to viewers there. But um, it's difficult because, again, they just there's, there isn't an organ like Fox available to, to people on the left. And I'm just wondering if there's any, like, legalities around what he's doing. I mean, I, there's misinformation and then there's, I don't know, there's a line that I feel is being crossed here. But anyway, we're not going to sol uh, solve that today. Aaron Rupar, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Uh, Aaron is an independent journalist, author of the Public Notice Newsletter. Check out his Substack, .substack com. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so the Transportation uh, Security Administration, the TSA, has investigated more than 3,800 incidents of potential violations involving the federal mask mandate, assessing more than like $600,000 in civil penalties, according to a report this week by the Government Accountability Office. Now, what does this all mean and how could it impact you? Well, lucky we have uh, Lori um, Aratani, the transportation reporter from the Washington Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course, Lori. Okay, so this is really interesting, right? Because travel impacts us all. And as these mass mandates are really loosening up a- around the country, why are we seeing such, uh, you know, these large numbers when like, you know, everyday travelers are like, oh, I thought the mass mandates were gone. You are absolutely right, Ryan. It is confusing because a lot of jurisdictions have dropped Mm -hmm. mask requirements, but folks who travel, if you're flying through an airport, if you're flying on an airplane, if you're riding on a bus or a subway, you still need to wear a mask. Um, It's really important. Um, Otherwise, as you mentioned, you could potentially face up to $3,000 in fines if someone from the TSA catches you, or even more if you're cited by the Federal Aviation Administration, which is in charge of folks who are flying on planes. So it's important to wear your mask and to listen to flight attendants and captains when they tell you that you need to. Definitely. And it's lasting until, I hear the TSA said, April 18th. Is That's, yes, that's it happening. Is. It was It is happening. It was originally scheduled to expire this month, actually tomorrow on the 18th. But I think there is some concern that lots of folks are traveling. If any of your listeners have been to an airport lately, they might notice a lot more people there. If they've flown, probably that that airplane is packed. Um, So I think part of the concern is that that gets us through this really busy spring break travel season that we're sort of in the middle of or starting Um, the mandate will expire the day after 
Easter, mm-hmm. um, which is, I guess, generally when spring break ends. Now, how much of this, like, actual $644,000 worth in fines are actually being paid? Because I wonder if people are, like, mm-hmm. going it's going in one ear and out the and other, and they're not if paying they it. don't pay it? Yeah. Well, this is this is the question, right? You know, the FAA, which is also levying fines, I think they've levied more than a million. Wow. It's a whole process. Like, things in government are a process. So, you may get a letter that says, oh, you face this fine, and then you have the ability to appeal it. You can have a hearing with an actual judge. Hmm. So how much folks will actually pay, we don't know. Hmm. Um, and that takes, as I said, a process. So it may take several months for us to know. But nevertheless, if you're a traveler, do you really want to take a chance? Yeah, maybe you won't have to pay that $1,000 fine, but maybe you will. Um, And something else to keep in mind um, for your listeners is that, you know, if you're caught, if you're cited, if you have one of these special travel statuses like a TSA pre-check or a global entry if you travel internationally, if you get cited or caught violating the mask mandate, there's a risk that you could lose that status. So Mm. if you've gotten used to being pre-checked, you get caught without your mask there's a chance that they could take that away from you. But this is beyond masks. It's also for behavior. So even though the mask mandate is going to be done, I guess, what else are they going to be implementing moving forward? Well, this is, you know, right now, I mean, there is some, there is a lot of debate on Capitol Hill here in Washington, as there always is. There are a lot of lawmakers, um, particularly from the Republican Party, who really think this mandate is outdated, Um, you know, because mandates are dropping all over the place. I mean, it does, I suppose, for people, it might seem weird that you get on the bus and you have to wear your mask, but you get off that bus and you go into a restaurant and you don't anymore. Um, So I think it is, I think it is confusing. Um, And I think some people had hoped that they would drop, you know, the Biden administration would drop the mandate, but they didn't. So, You know, I guess the idea is if folks can hang on a little bit longer, um, maybe you won't have to wear a mask when you fly anymore. Yeah, I mean, for for me, and Lori, we're going to wrap up here. We have about 30 seconds left. I wonder, because like Shira mentioned, it's also a behavior situation. It feels like this could possibly be a a great solution to not put like flight attendants or, you know, workers in danger in the ways that we saw over this past, you know, two years of the pandemic when it, it just felt like there was a lot of violence happening. That's a really good point, because a lot of these incidents have been mask related, right? A lot of these incidents on planes at TSA checkpoints. So maybe if folks don't have to wear a mask, you eliminate conflict. And that could be a good thing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lori. We really appreciate you for joining us. If y'all want to uh, check out her full um, article, head over to The Washington Post. Lori Aratani, the transportation reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. All right, what's coming up next? Well, scientists have revealed the new most dangerous personality type. Could it be you? Next. Well, scientists have revealed the new most dangerous personality type out there. Are you ready for it? I wonder if either of us here in the studio have this personality type. It's called dark empathy. And uh, recent research says that individuals who boast dark personality traits like narcissism can still retain high levels of cognitive and effective empathy. So this is interesting. A lot of times you say, oh, he's an, this person's an empath. They're compassionate. You say that. You actually describe so yourself they, as an empath. <laughs> I'm saying, but a lot of times, times people don't see that you could also have narcissism traits, which totally, totally makes sense. Still sounds normal to me. Um, so I, I find this fascinating and they say that actually this is, it's dangerous. It's actually, uh, dangerous that people have this because they can, um, manipulate others for your own gain or enjoy the pain of others. Um, and you could also, it says a dark empath may actually be more dangerous than a more cold and unfeeling dark triad type because the so-called dark empath can draw you in closer and do more harm as a result. So what do you consider yourself, Ryan? Are you uh, an empath? Do you consider, like, what kind of personality trait? I don't really consider trait? myself an empath. Oh, you don't? Honest. No. Yeah. Like, I have empathy yeah. for people, but I don't consider myself an empath where I feel like I have to carry the burden of everyone's feelings in the realm. 
Oh, oh my God. Although we did talk about our recent situation, you realize, oh, you can't necessarily help every situation. But that's not me holding everyone's feelings myself. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like you describe oh. yourself as an empath. I think I have, uh, I definitely take on, I can take on, like, if there's anxiety you in the room, I will feel used it. Yes. The words. I was getting there. I was saying I do. I consider myself an empath. But now I feel like I use it differently because I do think empaths can also be a, a as we've talked about, a trauma response, mm-hmm. right? Where you're taking on other mm-hmm. people's uh, emotions as a way to uh, connect with them or to kind of be uh, be part of the situation in a way, right? Yeah. Like feel more connected to a situation, even though like it, yeah, it's, it's not good for you. you. Exactly. So I, I just find this really interesting. If you have someone in your life that's an empath but also shows forms of narcissism, they're a dark empath. Well, maybe they should go to a therapist and, and get diagnosed. Don't go out here just willy-nilly diagnosing your cousin because you don't like them. That's your issue and change it. <laughs> there you go. We are back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. But right now we've got more show. We're going to be talking about all the smart devices we have in our homes. We think they're listening to us. Well, perhaps they are. We're going to be breaking it down, what you can do to protect yourself. I don't think it's perhaps. I think they actually yeah. just are, period. That's in 10 minutes. Plus, actress Gabrielle Union is calling up Disney at her own Disney show, Red Carpet. Ryan's got that tea in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. An Idaho bill seeking to criminalize gender-affirming care for trans youth has been killed by Republicans in the state Senate. It would have made it a felony to provide this care or even to help a child receiving this care in another state. Those who violated the rules could have faced life in prison. A statement released on Tuesday from the Idaho Senate Majority Caucus did say that the party strongly opposes any and all gender reassignment and surgical manipulation of the natural sex of minors. It also admitted that the bill, quote, undermines parental rights and allows the government to interfere in parents' medical decision-making authority for their children. Now, LGBTQ people and allies are standing up against a Virginia school board for failing to protect trans and non-binary students while actively working with an anti-LGBTQ organization. Earlier this month, the Hanover School Board reportedly voted to allow the Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, which is a Southern Poverty Law Center. It's a designated hate group that has been working with lawmakers to push anti-trans legislation to provide a legal review of its policy around equal educational opportunities. It basically does not allow explicitly trans students to use bathrooms or locker rooms in accordance with their gender identity. And it's in violation of state law, which requires schools to establish non-discrimination policies that include trans students. And so this lawsuit is being filed by the ACLU of Virginia right now. And a walkout is planned to happen on Friday with Hanover High School students. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Okay, yeah. You know, actress Gabrielle Union didn't flinch when she was asked about Disney's controversial stance and lackluster response and their unfortunate apology over Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. She did not hold back, y'all. Even though she was walking the red carpet for her new Disney film, Cheaper by the Dozen. The film is about a family with 10 children and devoted parents. It's a reboot of some sort. And um, Gabrielle, like a queen that she is, does not play any games. And here's the clip to prove it. People are so damn complacent. Corporations who could really truly make a difference and take a stand, not fund it. Um, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the stand and, and be all about diversity and inclusion, and it's not just about black boxes after George Floyd died, you need to actually put your money where your mouth is. And you can't stand against hate and oppression and fund hate and oppression. They don't. That does. That's that doesn't work. So I, I hope. Everyone understands, and you know, obviously, our family has a big spotlight. Yeah, in that clip, uh, the 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 winner, uh, the the Hollywood Reporter, was the reason why we got that answer. They asked her the question at her car at the carpet, and I'm so happy they did because the Florida's Don't Say Gay bill would stop teachers from mentioning LGBTQ people in elementary schools. The bill was passed, um, has passed the Florida uh, Florida legislation, is awaiting the governor's signature. And of course, we all know Gabrielle um, and her husband, former basketball star uh, Dwayne Wade, have a transgender daughter, and so this is 
literally personal for her. Mm. And I appreciate her for speaking up and speaking out as she does. That is your tea report. We got more coming up next hour. Oh, real quick, let's talk about Gaga because it's a 4 p.m. hour. We're playing telephone. We gave clips last hour, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna let you go ahead and know. 4 p.m. hour, we're playing telephone. Call 833 77 call Q, and um, we'll give you some tickets to go see Gaga at the Chromatica Ball September 10. I know you wanna do it. 833-772-2557. Ooh, iconic. You better call. I'm just saying. I'm only picking up on the first call. So if you ain't number one, then you just a loser. You'll hear this beautiful voice. You'll hear me. Yeah. Hey! (laughs) Well, coming up, speaking of uh, voices, are you ever worried that your smart devices like Alexa or Siri are listening to you at home? It is happening. I mean, it pretty much is. We're going to have an expert break it down on what to do to protect yourself next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. We've all heard about how smart devices could be listening to us. Some of us might have experienced that. So is there anything we can do to protect ourselves and maintain our privacy in this crazy technological world we live in? Robert Roberto, use assistant professor at the Department of Computer Science and Electrical Engineering at University of Maryland joins us right now. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So am I being neurotic to think that Instagram and Facebook are listening to me when I talk about something and then lo and behold, an ad appears in my feed around that product? Well, uh, it's uh, it's not fair to to say that you're neurotic, but at the same time, it's a little bit of a complicated aspect. There's a lot of devices around us that are potentially listening, and we have microphones and cameras everywhere. Um, Sometimes this uh, can lead to some information about you, and sometimes there's also other explanations, right? Like maybe you have searched for some information uh, on Google, or maybe you have um, talked with a friend that actually searched for that information, and they can infer it. So it's difficult to grasp as users how much data companies and corporations know about us. Okay, so um, for the remainder of this conversation, explain all of this stuff to me like I'm a third grader. Because I wonder, is it just as like simple as, you know, these speakers and our smartphones listening to us? Or is it, you know, more complicated than that? Yes. So there there are some obvious cases. Like, for example, we have cameras and microphones in our homes. And everybody has this feeling of, um, is Alexa listening to everything that we say? Mm-hmm. And there are actually studies that they have shown that um, Alexa listens to this, and some of the employees of, in this case, Amazon, listen to those conversations too. They transcribe those conversations, annotate those conversations, and then they feed them into systems that make recommendations, for example. They, of course, apply some privacy uh, techniques there, um, but that is an, an issue that is going on. Yeah, well, what privacy techniques are they applying if they're basically listening and then giving us ads around that? Yes. So sometimes they anonymize data. They remove, for example, uh, information about who the person that is asking Alexa is. Uh, But as you can imagine, this can be bypassed, right? Because um, if you, for example, uh, ask Alexa something very specific to you, uh, potentially someone can figure out that it's you, the person that is asking. Uh, But companies usually provide these kind of techniques and they apply anonymization or other more complex uh, privacy-enhancing technologies to their processing of data. So how do we protect ourselves moving forward? Or is there really any way to do that in the age of digital? Uh, Well, the, the most important aspect is we have to understand that IoT and smart devices, the Internet of Things and smart devices, are here around us. And we have to understand the trade-offs 
between our privacy and our comfort, especially before buying or installing any internet connected device in our homes. And this is not easy, but for example, there's legislation and different laws that are appearing everywhere in the world. For example, there in California, you have the California Consumer Privacy Act, which is forcing corporations to make this information available. And what we can do as users is once we understand, we can make an informed decision. Uh, for example, if we know um, the kind of data that a specific smart device is going to collect, maybe we can choose another smart device from a different mm. organization that collects less data or manages the, manages the data differently. Uh, in the end, it's all about making informed decisions and being able to, um, for example, stop, reflect, and then figure out whether you are potentially willing to give away information about you just to verbally command your coffee machine to make you a coffee. Right. Oh, again, we're talking to Roberto Use right now about um, all these smart devices and how they're listening to us. I like it. I mean, it's not. I don't like you. Are you're okay with it? I don't like that they're, it's listening all the time. But I do think technology. Uh, we should start looking at technology in a way that does feel like it could help us in our everyday mm. life, right? And I do think it does that in ways that uh, you know as we're going to continue to see the future of technology continue. How, should we be looking at this more from a positive lens instead of a negative one? Uh, that is a very, very good point. Uh, in fact, we just have to look at the smartphones, right? Like before 2007, it would be impossible to imagine all the different applications and um, services that would be possible with a smartphones, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, the smartphones introduce a lot of intrusiveness. Um, there's this question of, are the smartphones listening to us? Uh, is someone like figuring out where we are at each point of our lives? And of course, there's the negative aspect, and then there's the positive. With the smart devices, it's going to be the same. I'm, uh, I'm optimistic, and I think that we will see a lot of different um, and very useful services coming up thanks to these smart devices. It's just a matter of, putting a little bit of pressure to corporations to make sure that they care about our privacy. And it's a matter to, of understanding also um, the trade-offs of these positive things and the uh, possible negative aspects. Definitely. Okay, well, that was Roberta Use uh, from the University of Maryland. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. All right, what's coming up next, Ryan? Well, the affordable house market is shrinking. So what will happen when individuals and families are priced out? Oh, my God, that's coming up next. Workers everywhere are stressing out about the possibility of being priced out as they look for affordable housing, especially as wages aren't increasing in the ways we're seeing it happen in the housing market. So what's going to happen? Dr. Celine Marie Pascal, professor of sociology at the American University, is here to break it all down. Thanks for joining the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you, um, as a sociologist, You've done some research around this in the ways that you've seen a lot of people really panicking of trying to figure out, well, if my wages aren't going to increase, how am I supposed to find reasonable, affordable housing? What have you seen here? Oh, you know, it's exactly wages are not going up. And for uh, Latino and black men, wages are actually going down. So what's happening is that people are having to get creative about how they're going to keep a roof over their heads. They're doubling up with roommates. They're working extra jobs. They're doing with less in order to keep housing. Uh, well, that's that sucks. I mean, uh, and so what? what's going to be done to fix this at this point if we keep seeing this? Is it about the corporations stepping up? If, if these stats are there and the data is there, someone needs to do something. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but the difficulty is that we have a country now that has moved predominantly into service industry jobs. And employers are really invested in keeping wages really low, so they hire workers at less than full time so they don't have to pay them benefits. And then they pay them low wages. So already workers are struggling. Right now, about more than half of the people, according to the Social Security Administration, are living on less than $35,000 a year. But the housing market is also... Okay, profit-driven, just like these corporations. And so rents keep going up, and there's no way the rents are going up faster than mortgage costs are going up. Yeah, And it's those two pieces that are crushing 
most U.S. workers. So is this happening in a certain area? Are we seeing this happen more in like larger cities versus it being in the middle of America? You know, I think that it is really painful in major cities where in some large cities they've seen housing prices, rent prices go up 30 percent in the last year. That's extraordinary because nobody's wage is keeping pace with that. But it's also happening in Appalachia. It's happening in small college towns when landlords decide that they're going to rent a house by the room because they can make more money and they drive up housing prices all around. And now you mentioned um, also in this article from theconversation.com how other countries are doing it. Has anyone figured out something like an effective solution to this? Well, you know, in smaller countries where they have larger control over your economy, like Denmark, they use something that's called social housing, where they treat housing, affordable housing, like a utility, right? They remove a lot of the costs of land and development from the pricing of the market. And it enables, they have, I think, about 20% of their housing stock is what's called social housing, which is literally um, price-restricted, so it's affordable, and it's high-quality housing. Yeah, so are we seeing city-led programs, like, being affected because of this? Are, are they helping? Are they hurting? Are they even el- like, are people even eligible at this point? Uh, well, in the U.S., we don't really have programs like that, right? We have yeah. Section 8 housing which has wait lists that are, you know, millions of people long, that they're not going anywhere. We have um, poorly regulated rent control in five states, um, so that's not really helping uh, workers. And there's a movement to invest in affordable housing in the Biden administration, but that's been knocked out as well. So, I don't see where this is going to get better for most workers anytime soon. Yeah, I think for me, which is interesting, and um, if you're just now joining us, we're talking to Dr. Celine Marie Pascal um, from the American University. You know, the country feels like, especially with everything going on politically, you know, the country feels like we're all taking a major hit, which means if, you know, people who are, uh, living a middle-class lifestyle, they're able to, like, fall a little behind. But even for people who are, like, struggling in the in the context of what we're seeing now and these families and individuals who are being priced out, are they ever going to be, bounce, be able to bounce back from this situation, even if we do see the country kind of build back better, for a lack of better situation? Right. You know? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, everyone's really fond of talking about the pandemic, um, having made things so much worse. And it, the pandemic has exacerbated a lot of problems. But the difficulty there is that it was really rough for low-income workers, and especially low-income workers of color, long before the pandemic hit. So it isn't a matter of having to get back to where we were, but a matter of needing to be somewhere that was better than the, before the pandemic. And so in that sense, just going back to regular low-wage work and still stressing with roommates isn't going to be the solution for most of us. So if uh, cities or local uh, uh, officials aren't really doing anything, do you think anything's going to come at the federal level? You know, it's, uh, you know, we are so attached to the delusions of capitalism that I don't see that happening, right? Until there is a will to regulate rent and how much landlords can actually um, increase rent. And until there is a will to pay a living wage in this mm-hmm. country, you see we've been, we can't even get a minimum wage of yeah. $15 an hour. So that leaves a lot of the workforce completely stranded. I am obsessed yeah. with you just based off that answer because you're so right. We are this country so wrapped up in the the ideals of capitalism that we are only hurting ourselves in the long end instead of kind of helping yeah. others, you know, build the life that we all should be leaving, you know, together. Yeah, together when it comes to equality and everything. But thank you so much for joining us. We could talk to you forever on this. Right. We really really appreciate it. It was that was Dr. Celine Marie Pascal, professor of sociology at the American University. Thank you for having me. Love your show. 
Oh, hey. thanks. Uh, well, next up, what really happens if you are rude to Starbucks employees? This former employee speaks out next. A former Starbucks barista is spilling all the coffee on how employees get revenge on rude customers and more. Uh, so this guy's TikTok videos have been going viral. Yep, His name is Shabazz Ali. He's 28 years old. And some of these videos have gotten like uh, over 500,000 views. What? Let's uh, play a clip. I used to work for Starbucks a long time ago and here's some secrets. Most of the time we used to spell your name wrong on purpose. We used to get told, spell their name wrong, they'll do free advertising for us. You're going to put it on your social media, you're going to talk about it. If it goes viral, you've just done an advertisement for the company. That was one of them, which I find, like, I'm like, do, do the local Starbucks really think that much about the marketing? I mean, it's not like if you put the the picture up it's not like you'll say where you were like this one on the corner of this and this you don't know i feel like everyone's inherently their own marketing person I mean, with hey. social media like it, a lot of people are a lot smarter than you give them no matter where they were yeah i mean and if that's the case it's pretty smart actually i wouldn't say that's that bad although uh, it gets worse oh yeah he said other things mm. if you're rude to your barista they will give you decaf coffee Tastes the same, you're just not going to get the coffee kick you need. Likewise, if you're nice to your barista, you are going to get stuff knocked off. They won't charge you for extra shots. They won't charge you for extra syrup. They'll make your coffee beautifully. The love you give them is the love you're getting back. You that's just anybody yeah. at the work. But that's I mean, just, that works in food service. That's so rude. Giving decaf. What if you have just like a big meeting? Whose fault is it? Something big. Whose fault is it? It sounds like it's your fault for being an asshole. <laughs> and that's what you deserve. Have, I, I'm trying to wonder now, I mean, how many times have either of us had, well, you just started drinking coffee. Yeah. But ordered something and you're like, why am I still tired? It's just anywhere. Have you never been worried if you go to a restaurant and you don't treat oh, yeah. the person right? Like, that's half the time why this, I don't send back my food because yeah. you just don't want to be annoyed. They'll spit in your food. That's well, the I don't. Thing. That in my uh, history, like that hasn't really ever had like happened. I've never seen anyone like actually spit in someone's food in my history of being like a service worker. That you know, that's extreme. But like you know, depending on like I have seen now, I have seen somebody take the buns on a burger and you know wipe it, you know on the Where? floor. Oh, and then put it back. But that person deserved it. They were awful. Okay, like they were actually awful. Yeah, and really, how you get them is you do it to their kids' burger. What? <laughs> Although, you know what? what? I, I feel like kids eat off the floor anyway, so it wouldn't matter. That's true. That's <laughs> what I just came but why up would with. you do that to the kid? That's, I don't know. They didn't you, do anything. The, right. oh, that, that's, how you, evil. that's how you stick it to the parent. You you teaching your kids bad manners. Well, guess what? Karma's going to come right back to the children. <laughs> that's what they did in the Old Testament in the Bible. It was always wow. the generation I, I that had to do Is that what you want to go take away from the Old Testament? That Literally... The Old Testament is like the vengeful, like, you know. So here's the thing what they also said. Uh, the Frappuccinos, they actually use a coffee syrup. So add an espresso shot if you actually want coffee, espresso, caffeine in your Frappuccino. I don't. I think what you should take away from this is just don't be rude to people who are, like, trying to, you know, do something that... You're True. wanting, yeah, I just agree. Be nice to folks. Just like, be nice. Take your time. You can be busy, especially just when people breathe. are dealing with your food, girl. Totally. Do you have a Starbucks name? I have a Starbucks name. I don't use my real name. Oh, because that's it, weird. Are you like? Do you have a warrant out for your arrest? <laughs> <laughs> because my name is hard to spell and pronounce, so I just give them Sam. I say it's for Sam. It's nowhere near close to your because, name. but it's the easiest name. Why you not give can, them your middle name? But you could never misspell Sam. Like That's literally, just name. give them to your middle name. Oh, actually, Lauren. That's a good idea. I've never thought of this. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but, but yeah, but then it, yeah, it becomes an issue because then they look at my credit card. They think I've stolen someone's credit card. They don't think you that with Sam. Yeah, that's what I meant with Sam. They do, uh. but it just it is so easy. Although there's been more Sams than ever before. So. Now, yeah. now I need to make. I might need to change it up. Thanks, Ryan, for the idea. Well, we're workshopping everything here just for you. Now, make sure y'all are listening up because once you hear Lady Gaga's telephone right here on Channel Q, sometime this hour, you better be caller number five to win some Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball tickets on September 10th here, right here in LA's Dodger Stadium. It's going to be amazing. Be caller number five, 833 call q 833 Amazing. Okay, well, let's talk about perfectionism. 
There are actually three types of perfectionists. So we're going to get into what category you are. So are you ready for it? Are you yeah, a perfectionist? I mean, clearly. Oh, yes. <laughs> we've been trying to work on something, getting it together, and the details are not there. So, And what's interesting is a study published in Psychological Bulletin found that rates of people identifying as perfectionists actually increased between 1989 and 2016. So more people are actually identifying as being a perfectionist. And I also partially think is because the conversation around this is just we're all more open about talking about these things and ident- and, and kind of claiming who we are, what our identity is. Uh-huh. So, so these are the three types of perfectionists out there. I want to know who, who each of you, what, who you think you are. Self-oriented perfectionism. Self-oriented is about expecting the best from yourself. Okay. Then there is other-oriented perfectionism. Where you may not have, uh, you might have not have heard of it. It's when you believe that those around you should be a certain way, and you become upset when people don't meet your expectations. <laughs> and then there is socially prescribed perfectionism, and it's basically about obsessing over what people think and fear rejection. Oh, that's interesting. So, which do you think you are? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm a perfectionism. Maybe, I mean, I mean, not a perfectionism. I, I'm a I think perfectionist. you could be a bit of both. You could be self-oriented with a little tad of one of these other I don't ones. think I asked you what I thought you thought I like was. Like me. <laughs> I feel. Like, did you just put your therapist cap on? <laughs> you know. Shira the therapist. I was like, I did not ask that. Um, Open no. for business. And also, I don't even know the two that you just mentioned. But I do feel like I fall in between some lines of being a perfectionist for sure. Like details matter mm-hmm. in ways that I also feel like is is um, when you work with certain people and if they don't think about the details, I think that can really tell who you like. It, it can really say a lot of things, especially when it comes to even this idea of like it being, um, I don't know, like even like other black young black professionals that I know, mm-hmm. we all deal with the same, like we all have mm. the same sort of like ways we come at work or like the ways that we like to have our work ethic because we have been, I mean, that we've seen sense, realistically, yeah. we know if you are not the hardest worker, if you're not 10 times better, mm-hmm. then you will not even be able to get half of a chance that other people who don't even care about the details or who aren't even doing their best or who aren't focused get 10 steps ahead. And so I think professionalism, I mean, perfectionism really does come with your lived experience in, especially when it comes to culturally, how that makes sense. you see the world. Do you think that for, for you is changing over time? And by the way, what you uh, when you said that also, there are reports that do say, you know, for people of color, women of color specifically, it's a huge issue as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I still demand and require a level of like work ethic across the board, especially if if like I'm a part of a team or something has my name on it, I most definitely want the dot, the I's to be dotted and the mm-hmm. T's to be crossed. Um, that's just for me super important. And I think, you know, when you care about something, when it's like a passion project or when you just like are putting something out there in the world that it is intentional and means something, of course you want it to be like damn near perfect, but not everything is perfect. There will be mistakes and it's just all about how you navigate it. Well, yeah, that's, it's not necessarily like li- life isn't perfection, including when you have uh, you deal with other so people. True. When you deal with other people, you can't control, right? You Literally. can't, you know what I mean? Um, and what's interesting in this is it doesn't just talk about the types of perfectionism, but which opens up the whole uh, conversation about how to cope with that. Because a lot of times, while that could lead you to results, it mm-hmm. also leads you to sometimes going crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then that's when you're just like, <laughs> you're the only one going crazy because everyone around you is kind of like, they're going to continue to do what they're doing. And so no matter what, you just got to really kind of focus on the ways that you react and handle to a situation, I would assume. Yeah, and I think as you, and as you get older, it becomes something where... And I don't know if you feel this way where you say, like, how can I um, call myself forth and how can I be the best I can be while also having kindness and compassion for myself in in the process? Yeah, that's super important. I love that. And others as well, right? Yeah. Um, so there you go. Let us know what type of perfectionist you are at LGT Show. It's where you can find us on social media. I'm excited for this next convo, though. It's all about um, life after death. 
Mm. And the question is, do we believe in it? I know that Ryan grew up like, you know, Halloween was not allowed in your household. Maybe we weren't watching scary movies or talking about this type of stuff. But we're going to give you the evidence around this. Some proof about possibly life after death next. Well, do you believe in life after death? This couple claims to have proof of afterlife. As a CCTV camera had picked up ghost of a deceased tenant. So this is pretty wild. Before I get into the story, do you believe in ghosts and all that stuff, Ryan? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, actually, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like there has to be a such thing as like, it's just, it, uh, I don't know, because <laughs> religious wise, you 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 grow up knowing like, well, you grow up be- believing in like hell or heaven, right? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe in those things, but I, I do feel like there is some form of an afterlife. And even then, like, if your body doesn't cross over, you become a ghost if you have unfinished business, right? Like, that's the whole conversation <gasps> yeah, around I, it. Yeah, I think so. That could and so, awesome. like, there could be ghosts where, like, they're just, like, they weren't ready to cross over and they're just, like, you know, wasting time and haunting Hanging people out. or just being nosy. Yeah, you know, I would. I would be nosy. Oh, but yeah. my major thing when I think about the afterlife is hopefully that I die in the right outfit because that's your outfit forever. No, this is your theory. <laughs> no, it's not a theory. That's actually what happens. So if you die, like, just like in your pajamas, sucks for you. Your outfit sucks forever. <laughs> what if you die naked? Yeah, I don't think that's the case, that's Ryan. That's beautiful. <laughs> I feel like your outfit or what you look like in the afterlife is like when you felt the best like your prime or something like that no that's, that's not this that idea works. like or you get to choose who you want what that, you want to look no like this isn't afternoon. you're not building a sims like this isn't <laughs> that's not how it works it's in the moment when you die when you close and take your final breath what is your outfit saying? no because then a lot of people would just be in hospital clothes that's why people get something. dressed up no that's why people uh, get dressed up for their funerals and their caskets and they like that's their outfit well, that's not that how they died that's like th- th- what they got thrown into yeah, depending. So Joey and Amy Radke say they were warned that their home was haunted by demonic entities before they moved in, which why would you move into a house like that, right? But didn't pay any attention to them as they always felt comfortable there until now. So they had footage caught on camera, uh, but the couple set it up to keep an eye on their pets. It appears to show a figure moving around in their hallway. And while taking a closer look at the footage, Joey and his partner were convinced it shows a figure wearing a nighty with bouffant hair um they decided to do some digging after that right this is according to a, a post in ladbible.com you know where they have all the credible information is it lad bible no it's lad lad bible it's like okay. lad like you're a lad yeah, okay, it's like a bro it. bi- it's like a bro website bro bible it um examined and they examined the footage more and asked their neighbors about the property's history but following those investigations they they think that this was an elderly lady who died in the house years before and was carried out of the house wearing a nightie. So they think, they're convinced that the footage is proof of the afterlife. They believe the clip is the holy grail of ghost videos. Um, and he says it can't be faked. One, even if they do have evidence of this, this isn't the first video. Like, what are they, like they won the Guinness World Record? This is... I've yeah, because Demi Lovato, she she sang Skyscraper to a ghost, and it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> and if she and, said it. I mean, no, it was a powerful moment. If you didn't see the clip, you should go look it up. But the, Demi has most... And by the way, before y'all try to get on my case, Demi goes by she, they pronouns. Yeah, very I know. Much. Yeah. I just want to put that out there, you know, people? You know? Well, the, th- the thing is, if you did discover this, would you continue living there? Hell no, I'm black. Of course out. not. <laughs> like, what the hell? I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I don't play with no demons. <laughs> I I don't play with no ghosts. You know what? I'm not black, and I still would not do it. Oh, come on. Both of you? Really? Yeah. Like the... No, you're the only freak in the room. <laughs> no, I'm... Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, by the way, so much fun. Surprising. Uh, well, surprising. Getting that fifth collar for Lady Gaga tickets. I mean, it was pretty amazing. And thanks for everyone who tried to win. Yes. You never know. You got to head over to We Are Channel Q. There's still a contest going on the website. Head on over there. You still got a chance. You know, wearechannelq.com. And real quick, um, because it is St. Patrick's Day, someone in the, the studio 
Um, just found out that Chicago dies their their uh, is it their lake or ocean? The river. <laughs> the river. They just uh, someone just in the studio just found out that they, they, they dyed their river green. We'll reveal who in a moment. What's <laughs> trending this hour? I'll tell you more about it. Okay, uh, coming up in 15 minutes, Aaron Rupar, uh, a journalist, joins us to talk about Tucker Carlson's coverage of Ukraine, stooping to a new low, and what Democrats can do about it. Uh, plus. And we've got some T-Report news involving uh, co-stars from Knives Out, which uh, I didn't... Oh, what is... I haven't even seen that. You never saw Knives Out? I don't think so. But I'm excited for the tea because it involves some big stars with Ryan in a moment. First, let's get into some What's Trending This Hour. Okay, employees at the Walt Disney Company are staging a series of walkouts over the company's lack of action on Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. It's taking place during employees' 15-minute breaks, and it began Tuesday. It will continue through next Monday. They are planning a full-day walkout for next Tuesday at Disney locations in Florida, California, and elsewhere. Disney's got to watch out. They're making several demands of the company, which includes a pause on campaign donations, immediate stop to contributions to any of the bill's supporters, including DeSantis, seizing investments in Florida until anti-LGBTQ plus legislation is repealed, reaffirming the company's commitment to protecting and advocating for LGBTQ plus workers, contributing to the Trevor Project, Trans Life, and other activist groups, and creating an LGBTQ plus brand. Good on all these employees for speaking out. It's Mm -hmm. unfortunate they have to do so. Now, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki had some tough words ahead of President Biden's call with China's President Xi Jinping tomorrow. This is an opportunity for President Biden to assess uh, where President Xi stands. Uh, There's been, of course, rhetorical support or the absence of clear rhetoric and and denunciation or the absence of denunciation by China of what Russia is doing. Uh, This flies in the face, of course, of everything China stands for, including uh, the basic principles of the UN Charter, including the basic principles of respect for sovereignty of nations. And so the fact that China has not denounced what Russia is doing in in and of itself speaks volumes. And it also speaks volumes not only in Russia and Ukraine, but around the world. Okay, well, Ryan was, of course, referencing Chicago dyeing the city's river green for St. Paddy's Day. Well, the big reveal of who in the studio didn't know about this is me. Yes, I didn't realize that for the past 60 years, they would do this. Thousands of residents go to the Chicago River for the holiday, and they uh, make the water green, which... A lot of people are calling out today. That's why I saw it trending on Twitter, wondering if it's good for the hey, environment. Just real quick, I think I forgot. What's the name of your website? Your company. What's place? trending? But oh, like, just because. I wonder if this. Would I've ever never have seen been this in all the companies. I guess we don't do hyper coverage of St. Patty's Day, but I've it's never seen this. It's literally one of the most uh, iconic things about St. Patty's. I don't know. Day. I didn't grow up here. I n- and I never was into St. Patty's Day until You've I came here. You've been here for like seventy-five years. <laughs> yes, exactly. You have been here well, for a long time. Well, you always learn some. You know what? I pride myself in always staying open to learning new things, and this is the new thing I'm learning today. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. But once again, bigger thing here is it good for the environment? That's the big question. Seems like putting some green in water, a vibrant green. <laughs> could disrupt the wildlife there, but just saying. That was and what's trending. You're hour. bringing this up now. Yeah, of all I, the years. I'd rather discover. 60th well, anniversary. Yeah, I discovered it and now. And you're bringing it up now. You just well, found out, right? Well, shame on all of you who knew about this for this many years and didn't say anything. That Everyone, was what's trending this hour. That's been a point. Uh, what's happening in entertainment news? Oh, goodness gracious. Well, you talk, but are you creating any action? I don't want to hear from you, Miss What's Trending. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Jamie Lee Curtis uh, have bonded immediately um, with because they're co-stars of Knives Out. And here's how they did, because it's really actually a touching and sweet story. It's a T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, so basically, Lakeith uh, Stanfield has been very open about his sobriety and his journey towards sobriety. And Jamie Lee Curtis actually has helped with that. Um, he was taking a break to smoke when Curtis explained why he should put out his cigarette. He said, I probably said something, um, well, actually, Jamie said, I told this in GQ, in a new profile on the Mm -hmm. actor, where they were describing their relationship. She said, I probably said something to the effect of, you're a gorgeous, talented, a smart young father with huge opportunities ahead of you. Don't F it up by dying of cancer that you can prevent. Uh, After that first confrontation, during which they had both cried, uh, Lakeith gave up his nicotine habit. They were then close enough that after a friend of the two uh, told her that 
Lakeith was considering considering sobriety, uh, she actually contacted him to express her support. They stayed in touch via phone calls and texts, and as he continued acting and eventually went into rehab, uh, he said, she asked me, how old are you? And he was like, I was like, oh, about to be 30. And she said, no, how old are you when you, beca- when you became sober? He's like, I'm about seven months in. She goes, you're seven months old. I'm 23 oh, years old. Oh, and jo- oh. uh, Curtis basically has been very long outspoken about her own wow. struggles with addiction to alcohol and pain pills. She said this, my experience is that when you feel you are alone, that's a very scary feeling. So what I was trying to say to him was, you are not alone. And if I can be a source of comfort or understanding, then I hope you will allow me to do that. I got chills when you said that line. Like you're seven months old, I'm 23. Wow, that's amazing. I love her. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 quite beautiful. And I I mean, just a, a, a odd pairing, but it's perfect. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's your tea report. We got more um, on the website if you ever want to check out all of the news and everything over there. Yep. WeirdChannelQ.com. Amazing. Okay, next up, you won't believe the amount of fines that the TSA is handing out because of mask mandates, and you might want to listen up because it could happen to you next. Well, we're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. This one goes to the Honorable Grace M. Hanlon, who, uh, as of last November, became the first openly gay judge in the 8th Judicial District um, of the New York State Supreme Court in Mayville. Yes. And here is what she recently had to share with Spectrum News One. It's nice to be the first, but what I want this to mean is that there's going to be a lot of other openly gay people elected to a variety of positions. I agree. Yes, uh, her term ends in 2036, so we've got a long time with her. Um, (laughs) And definitely that representation is important and it matters. That is such a long term. Yeah, I mean, that talk about stability in your job, right? I mean, (laughs) do they make enough? I mean, I, I just, I've always thought like, there's not really any money in politics unless you're like famous, famous. Well, I don't know, but she is definitely doing a lot, and um, it's so important. So, again, Grace M. Hanlon gets our Yes Queen of the Day, the first openly gay state Supreme Court judge. Yes, Queen. And that does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow wrapping up the week here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Shar Giselle joins us on the third mic, always for our Friday LGT party. Again, congrats to Adrian from Palm Springs on those Lady Gaga tickets. Mm-hmm. How about that? We hope you enjoy it and send us back like some pictures or something. We want to hear how it went. I'm just saying, y'all be loyal to Channel Q out there in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Love y'all in Palm Springs. Else is getting it like Lady Gaga's tickets. <laughs> Uh, if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful day. Yes, yeah, stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about how to exit lovingly from a relationship. Okay, that's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 